You're listening to Sound the Foghorn, the Minnesota Wild podcast made by fans for fans. For Kaprizov, back to Zuccarello, back to Kaprizov, he scores! Covering team news, prospect analysis, game-by-game breakdowns, advanced stats, and much more. Back to Kaprizov, he scores! And now, here are your hosts, Brett Marshall, Zeke Boyat, and Justin Baki. Hello, and welcome in to another episode of Sound the Foghorn. Brett Marshall, Zeke Boyat, and Justin Baki back with you to talk more about the Minnesota Wilds' now 14-game franchise record point streak. Uh, so tons of topics to get into. Should be an exciting show, but got to check in with the fellas. Zeke, how are you doing on this fine Thursday, St. Patrick's Day Eve evening? Yeah, very good. You know, just like you said... Friday monster of the weekend, wild on 14-game point streak, Francis record, I believe. So, yeah, it's, uh, you know, can't be better. Vibes are immaculate. Justin? Oh, I'm doing well. Just uh, the kids' hockey season is over, and now it's on to the, the spring stuff, but hockey it's kind of weird. Hockey season never really ends. No, it, it, <laughs> it, they play full year now. It just, it just feels weird that the regular season is over, and we're not going to be there every weekend, which is it's a nice reprieve, but it's also – I love watching them play, so it's like kind of weird. But no, uh, doing well. Uh, ready to talk some wild. And uh, thanks for the reminder. I'll, I'll wear green tomorrow, so I don't get pinched by anyone or anything. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I've got my uh, I've got my green hanging up on my on my closet door, so I don't forget. Yeah, um, I, <laughs> I was gonna say I wear a lot of wild stuff every day, anyways, so yeah, I don't really have a problem. Yeah. With it, that. it helps when your favorite team's primary color is green, for sure. <laughs> um, <clears throat> And a quick aside to take a, just a brief step away from the Wild and the Prospects, just a shout-out to the Minnesota Whitecaps, who just won Game 1 of their three-game series with the Boston Pride, 5-2 to two, uh, there in the Isabel Cup playoffs on the road in Boston. So wow. um, I believe uh, I met, um, Amanda Lavelle, their goalie, who was hurt for much of the year recently, just came back. Obviously a huge boost. Jonna Albers, formerly Jonna Curtis, if you remember from our episodes last year, a uh, hat trick in the game tonight. So huge win for our Minnesota Whitecaps. So uh, one more win and they move on to the next round. So uh, I believe all those games are still on ESPN. If you're interested in tuning in, I don't know off the top of my head when their next game is, but just one tonight, 5-2. So I thought we'd give them a little shout and a best wishes as they uh, look to capture yet another Isabel Cup here back for our wonderful state in Minnesota. Uh, so with that, Justin, we will now kick it over to you, shift gears back into Minnesota wild mode, and have you update us on the prospects. All right, it's a sizable one today, so we'll get started uh, on the KHL. All four prospects, uh, their teams moved on to the, the next round, which means a uh, year I've played uh, six seconds last game. So, Woo. you know, it, you know it's, it's frustrating, but... I guess he won't be able to sign until May like 1st. a six-second shift? Like, how was that even I don't possible? know. Maybe they had put him on the ice. We're like, just kidding. Get back on the bench. Yeah, we're like, as soon there. as he stepped on the ice, there was like a penalty <laughs> or offsides and said, nah, change. Yeah, I, who knows? That's, I don't get it. But we've uh, talked about that in length before, so we'll leave it at that. Um, Guskov, I don't even think he's playing the KHL, but uh, his team moved on, as well as uh, Vladislav Firstov, who is also um, – not also, he's facing Murat Huznadinov's team. Uh, Huznadinov's team won today. First off, scored a goal and almost pulled off a of Michigan in overtime. Mm-hmm. Both players are having really good playoffs. And I don't know if you guys have, I mean, the listeners, like I know you guys have seen, but last game, Huznadinov, he got hit, not last game like today, but the game before that, he got hit with a hockey stick pretty bad, had to go back, get stitches, comes back with a fishbowl on. Blocks a shot on a penalty kill, which stings them pretty good, and still picks up an assist. This kid is turning into maybe my favorite prospect at the yeah. moment. And the play, too, it was like the end of the second period. There's like maybe four seconds left on the game clock for the period. Mm-hmm. He takes a draw, um, playing center, loses the draw, 
and then proceeds to like plow through the other team's center, die face first at a guy taking a full wind up slap shot and just gets like every inch of the dude's blade like straight in the lip. He has a gash that goes from like his lip up to like the middle of his nose. There's freaking blood everywhere. He's down on the ice for like 10 minutes, like you said. Yeah, he's back out there next period, stitched up, bubble on. First shift is a penalty kill, and he takes a block like like high too. It was like in his like upper yeah, chest was- area. Dude's just a freaking warrior. Like, just yeah, selling out in the playoffs, like off a face-off, and like the second period, like it wasn't even ending the game. But I mean, it's just kind of that that ethic and passion for the game. I mean, that yeah. that stuff you absolutely just cannot teach. Um, right. And he just continues to give you know something to be excited about it with every game he plays, seemingly. Yeah, and I don't know if you saw it either. I mean, it's take it with a grain of salt, but some of his full comps is Kaprizov with uh, Bader's model, which is you know. Don't expect him to be Kaprizov, but that's pretty good company to be uh, mm-hmm. in a full comp with. Yep, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Next, we'll move on to the NCAA. Marshall Warren season is over with BC, so we'll see what happens there. If he becomes a college free agent or if the Wild actually want to sign him to an empty-level contract, I mean, it's more in Warren's court, I feel like, now that his season's over. And it seems like these BC guys are walking away, which, I mean, we have – plenty of defensive prospects, but it'll be interesting to see what happens with him. Uh, Jack Pert's team, St. Cloud State, beat UMD. Damn it. To move on to the next round of the NCHC tournament. Yeah, UMD season's over. That's sad. (laughs) But always next year. Man, and then the (laughs) consolation prize, they get Mr. Hockey into their program, right? I know. Yeah, Jason Tragabe is committed to the Bulldogs. Yeah, darn, you get get Mr. Hockey in your team next year. Shucks. Dang it. Tough consolation <laughs> <laughs> um, Lorenz and Healy, Ryan Healy, their teams are both still in their respective uh, conference tournaments. And then Brock Favor was named the defensive player of the year in the Big Ten. So uh, no, to no surprise, he's had an extremely good season. He's been so fun to watch, just really good. Uh, we'll move on to the WHL, and uh, we'll talk about the Kamloops boys. Caden Bankier has been insane lately he had six assists in four games last week and then last night uh he had an incredible stat line with six points three goals three assists three shots on net a plus eight and he's two points away from touching the 80 point mark on the season so yeah i think i good. looked at cam loops last four games and they've scored 30 goals that's insane <laughs> their last four i think it's 11 7 6 and 6 yeah for their last four games like that's, that's crazy. Just bonkers yeah, last night was fun between between the Wild scoring eight goals and Kamloops scoring eleven. I was like, highlight, highlight, highlight. Got to post this. Got to post. This. It's just it was so much last night. Uh, and out out of all of the eleven goals, Masters he picked up an assist as well, and he also signed his three year entry level contract. We kind of guesstimated last week that that would eventually happen, and it did shortly after we talked about it. Um, Iowa lost last night four to one. It was uh, Wallstead. Wallstead kept a minute. He had 15 saves in the first period. They ended up losing 4-1. to one. Um, Snapped their five-game win streak, but overall Rossi has been playing well with a seven-point week, was actually our prospect of the week this week. And then Beckman had five points in the three games. Um, Damon Hans had a pretty good week as well with the three points, and you know, it's nice seeing him back because, yeah. you know. Marco Ros- Rossi. That's right, Rossi. I'm gonna, Rossi, I, gonna roll the take a while to get that. It's gonna <laughs> take a while to get that done. He just wants to change it, but yeah, if you didn't see the IOL put out a little uh, video uh, Marco talking about his name and basically like, ah, eh, I didn't know if they could change it in season. And apparently all of his buddies are back home. are like, are you going to correct him or what? So they asked him like on this, you know, he told us to need to Rossi. He's like, is that how you say it? He's like, well, technically there's, you rolled an R there. So there's a Rossi, but he's like, that might be really hard to do play by play. Cause you got to think about it. He's like, you can call right. him whatever you want. So they should be Marco Rossi. Yeah, so a little bit of flair in there. Rossi. You gotta do the the Italian like yeah. finger pinch when you say it. Yeah, they need um, that uh, <laughs> that, that um, meme finger. Yeah, but if you didn't see uh, Joe Smith, also of the Athletic, had a very brief uh, thread on Twitter about Rossi, um, basically saying, um, you know, if the Wild had an injury down the middle, that they'd probably call Marco Rossi up. Um, but just given their situation and the fact that at least Sammy Walker was going to start as a healthy scratch, they didn't want to call uh, Marco up for the sole purpose of having him as a healthy scratch. So. Um, I know that the, the discourse continues on Twitter, um, but you know, should God forbid one of Hartman, Eric Sinek, Goudreau, um, I think if Dewar goes down, they would maybe improvise there. 
potentially mm-hmm. um, on a fourth line spot. But if one of those top three centers go down, I think there's still a chance he plays this year. Obviously, we don't want that. You know, it'd be cool to see him play, but I don't think we want an injury to um, any of those guys either. We've had enough of those. Um, we'll talk about more injuries here in a second, but uh, just a little tidbit there um, on him as well. But great, gl- glad to see him continuing uh, to thrive yeah. down there for sure. Right. And almost on the OHL, Hunter Haight had a good week as well. Four points in two games. I believe he had a, a three-assist game in that span. Petrovsky, three points in three games. And then uh, in the Hockey Alls Venskin League, uh, Ugren scored his 11th goal of the season, 20 points in 36 games. So his good season continues. And, uh, yeah, mostly good news here. So that's it All right. for the lengthy prospect report. Yeah, good stuff. Um, also, since we last recorded, the Matamidai Zephyrs in the Minnetonka Skippers crowned state champions. What a mm-hmm. fun tournament all around that was. I think that single-A championship, I mean – Right on par, probably with last year's Maple Grove yep. Andover mm-hmm. game in terms Absolutely. of just sheer entertainment. I mean, the Zephyrs paddle back late, force overtime. There's goaltender interference controversy, like just a super fun game to watch. And I think, in in my memory of like all time state tournaments, I think that's probably the tightest term I've ever watched. I think the biggest blowout. Mm-hmm would have been in the opening round of A, and I think it was 6-0. I think at one point that game was pretty close in the third. It was like three zips. So um, really great to see, you know, the the, the level continue to up, you know, to, to upgrade and these players get mm-hmm. better. And, um, you know, record crowds there again, 18,000, 19,000 people at these sessions. Just insane. Um, and it's another treat. And always great to hear Lou Danny on, you know, play-by-play yeah. or mm-hmm. color commentary. So another great, great tournament. It was really fun to watch that last week. And Zeke, I know you had a chance to take some in in person and just, you know, great, great tournament overall. Yeah. No, I mean, it always is, but you're right. It was just a uh, really good hockey. And especially in the end on the, uh, in the double, I think pretty obviously the best team won. I mean, you just look, I'm going to talk to every guy and that kid on the team is huge. They you were know, so deep pretty, too. I, mm-hmm. You know, they were just able, they rolled three, mm-hmm. four lines and Forget they're like sixteen year olds and seventeen. Yeah, it's year crazy. Olds. Like holy crap! I think Mata Media has two kids. Like I think their brothers are defensemen. One might be a four. They're oh. like six six and six seven. <laughs> like it's like good lord. <laughs> uh, I always love this time of the year just for that alone. But I also run a UMD Bulldogs pipeline page that I'll probably plug in later uh, for the first time. But it's always cool to see like in person like those guys that are committed to the team or like and seeing where they're going to go to college and stuff after this it's just like you said so much talent and and just so much fun to watch yeah and we'll see more a lot of semifinals of uh ncaa hockey wrap up this weekend go mavericks Mm -hmm. trying to punch their ticket to the tournament probably have to win to get in um gophers i don't know who they play off top of my head um, that's Michigan again at home. I oh yeah, think. and that's that's yeah. for um that's yeah. for the Big, Big Ten, Ten championship. Right? Yeah. Um, and then NCHC, I think, is they have they're still in semifinals, right? The final four at the X here, I think. Yeah, and that's uh, Denver and Colorado College, and then St. Cloud and North Dakota, I believe. So some great hockey to be watched all over this mm-hmm. weekend. Um, but shifting focus back to our wild, we did this last week, and I think. We absolutely have to start with our weekly recaps going back to the absolutely chaotic game that took place at Enterprise Center in St. Louis last night. I think, you know, there were a lot of fans who I think watched that first period, saw the Wild down 3-1 and said, yep, screw it, I'm going to bed. Um, And boy, oh boy, was that probably the biggest mistake they ever made because all (laughs) hell breaks loose in the second period. The Wild erupt for, I believe, another franchise-tied record of five goals uh, Mark Andre Fleury almost fights Jordan Bennington. Uh, just absolute chaos. I don't even know where to start with it. I guess we can start with the near goalie fight. Um, mm-hmm. And this this is after a while of the battle back. Ryan Hartman scores a power play goal. Upon celebrating, Blightly kind of brushes Jordan Bennington, who's like sliding out of his crease. To me, knowing Ryan Hartman, it, it might have been he accidentally was, on yeah. purpose by Ryan Hartman, but like it didn't look like you know he was trying to you know cheap shot him. And Hartman yeah. celebrating all of a sudden. Here comes Jordan Bennington, who had already been chirping the bench, um, comes in with a flying right block right to Hartman's jaw. Um, Flurry skates down out of his crease, um, which I thought was hilarious because I believe is a San Jose game. Uh, he mentioned, like, yeah, you know, I wouldn't mind fighting someone, but the time wasn't right. And 
Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, here's, you hear the post-game quotes. Yep, someone said, you know, Bennington jabbed a guy in, in the nutsack, and I saw him punch Hartman, and so I said, screw it, this is my guy. And yeah. ultimately the refs uh, robbed us of what would have been a really exciting fight. But, I mean, it's just what a game. We could start with the flurry fight or near fight um, and get to maybe some of your guys' reactions there. Yeah. I didn't even get to watch any of this live. I had to listen to the entire second period in my car. Oh, so the entire first and third periods, but set whole second period I was driving. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, go ahead, Just Sorry. <laughs> I was. Uh, I was. I don't know if you're gonna go ahead. I'll. I'll just. Yeah. Um. I was. I was honestly losing my mind. <clears throat> we had already scored a bunch of goals and taken the lead. And yeah, Hartman accidentally on purpose may have done that. But it looks like Bennington accidentally on purpose, you know, got in his way. So. Yeah. Um. He was looking. I mean, Bennington's a a punk. He was looking for that anyway. And man, I I just I wish they didn't hold Flurry back because that would have been a a fun to see. Mm-hmm. Um, just the way things were going, and and just the I mean, when we play the Blues, it's it's always a, a grind, and and tensions are always high, and 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 uh, this is about as maybe as high as I've seen it. <laughs> and Bennington losing his mind was was fun to watch too because. He got kicked out and suspended. So, mm-hmm. jokes yeah, on, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's a you, you know the, the the funniest part probably is the you know him pumping up the crowd when you look up and he's got like a seven fifty save percentage in the game <laughs> and he's getting taken off by the ref. It's like you know it's typical him, typical acting all tough and cool when you know half the time he'll uh, pull the old throw a jab in as he's walking off the ice or you know look, or throw a water bottle. Right then he'll be tough, but you know the second uh, the second that happens, he's all he's all talk, you know, not a lot of substance with him. But yeah, like like Justin said, he's a total punk, and I, I like the tweet, the Sportsnet stats tweet that he's like lasted every stat aside from losses and penalty minutes among goalies, which is you know, <laughs> where where he's like close to first, and those aren't yeah. stats you want to be first in. Um, I, I love that Flurry was mic'd up for that too. Yeah, that he's, was, yeah. Like yeah the just perfect like mic'd up. Yeah, conveniently mic'd up all day. I, I think I heard they were saying on the radio he was mic'd up from like basically the start of the day. Like from the time he woke up, they had a mic on him, it's like their pregame meal, all that <laughs> stuff. And if you haven't just listened to the little audio clip that they have from that whole sequence, pretty fun. And he, he, Flurry's kind of egging the ref like, "Come on, it'll be fun. The crowd would love it. <laughs> Come on, I want to do it." And uh, he always wants to fight. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> Pretty entertaining all around there. Too bad we didn't get to see it. Uh, but, again, the Wild erupt for this one. A season and franchise tied high of eight goals um, for the Wild. Two from Ryan Hartman, one from Jewel Erickson-Eck, one from Oscar Sundquist, uh, one from Mason Shaw, one from Ryan Reeves, one from Alex Goligoski, and John Klingberg also gets his first in a Wild uniform in this one. I think 13 of the 18 skaters picked up a point in this one. Um, just so chaotic all game, but... You know, this is now, I believe, 17 goals in the last three games the Wild have scored without Kirill Kaprizov, Mm -hmm. who, since our last episode, we have found out will be sidelined allegedly three to four weeks. I've heard rumblings, rumors, murmurs that it could be quicker than that. And knowing that Kirill Kaprizov has superhuman regenerative properties would not be (laughs) shocking in the least to see him come back. But at the same time, I'm like, hey, take all the time you need. We're in an okay spot. Be healthy before you come back. All right. but I think for me in this one, the thing that stands out for the second game in a row, the fourth line, just absolutely rock stars. Um, we saw them the game before um, in San Jose, I think, popped in two of the goals there. Ryan Reeves, for the first time in his career, has back-to-back multi-point games um, and I think has scored in back-to-back games now for just the fourth time yeah. in his career. Tarps off interview with TNT to wrap it all up. I'll give credit where it's due. Ryan Reeves has had a nice stretch of games here. He's brought the energy um, you know, maybe some of that stuff that felt like for a long stretch there was kind of missing um, from Ryan Reeves and a little bit of a spark there. Um, and as well, just Mason Shaw has played so well lately, too. I think you look at, you know, if this team was healthy, it, I think it'd be easy, you know, a couple weeks ago to say, yep, Mason Shaw's probably the odd man out. But now he has, I think, three goals in his last five games. He's been killing penalties phenomenally. Him and Dewar continue to generate chances shorthanded. Um, and he's showing, you know, hey, I deserve to be in this lineup and just creating great competition. Uh, for this team down the stretch. But, man, it's, you know, great to see this fourth line who, you know, had been playing good defensively for a good chunk, you know, playing well in those roles, the penalty kill, those types of things. But to see them come through um, with some important goals in these last couple of games has been a, a really nice thing uh, to see. 
Yeah, it, it's been a fun stretch uh, the last three games. I mean, the last 14 games, really. But um, one thing I've noticed, and I'm, I'm not trying to knock because we've still picked up points, but it seems like um, an alter, alternate universe of what they were before. They weren't scoring. Yeah. Their penalty kill was good. They're getting good goaltending now. The goaltending is okay. They're their penalty kill kind of sucks and now their power play is good and not scoring goals without Kaprizov. It's a lot of things that weren't really on my bingo card happening. Mm-hmm. Seven different goal scores last night. And just like you said, 17 goals in three games. Just, I, I honestly did not expect that. I thought we'd have uh, much more trouble scoring than we have, but uh, the power plays picked them up and, and everyone's chipping in. So it's, it's fun to watch. Well, I mean, like we've, uh, you know, we talked about before, them trying to play to the the identity, the more you know, tough grinding identity. I mean, that's how they scored a lot last night. You had the uh, the Sunquist goal was that you know Sam Steele had two chances mm-hmm. and had three guys banging away right in the crease. You know, you said Mason Shaw off a nice pass from Ryan Reeves from right in right in the top of the crease there. You know, in between a couple of defenders. So that's just you know that's it. Just seems kind of you know it's because obviously it's not completely that. And we want Krill back, but it seems that. Uh, you know, it seems that when he's that last stretch, like you mentioned, Justin, when they were winning, it was him doing all the offense, like against Columbus or whatever, and they didn't seem to be getting a lot of chances on net for anybody, anybody else. And now that you know he's out, it seems like you know they've all kind of you know, I mean, obviously they've realized, hey, we got to step up, and we all got to score a little bit more uh, if we want a chance to win. And you know, like you said, the fact that they even scored one last night, the last, you know, got points over their last two games, despite the fact that the goalies were, you know, pretty off for the first time in a month. And like you mentioned, Brett, yesterday, both coincidentally at the same time, pretty much kind of weird, but it's, uh, you know, it's a, it's, it's a good sign that they can uh, obviously keep fight to that adversity and keep their team, not just afloat, but, you know, winning games against, uh, in, in tough buildings against, you know, even if St. Louis isn't that good this year, it's always, tough to win there. So uh, good to see that, you know, adversity from being down early like that. Yeah. How about that stretch pass by Baldy to Goligoski on that goal? That was Goligoski with the goal really scorer's good. touch to the soft little yeah, high did. hole. And then the celly <laughs> was just phenomenal too. The yeah. He was taunting the crowd and, you know, mocking Jordan Bennington. Yeah. Well, I was just a plus for a guy who just scored his <laughs> second goal of the season. But, you know, I, I like that, you know, these guys are playing with some swagger. We saw, you know, the the shift after Hartman had kind of scored that power play goal. Braden Shen goes after him, mm-hmm. hits him, you know, just kind of out of nowhere, just kind of runs him, gets a 10-minute misconduct, and what does Hartman do? He skates away, right? You know, I think yeah. earlier in the year, we, you know, that's where we maybe see Hartman retaliate. I thought the Wilds should have maybe got another two minutes there versus, you know, Shen just getting the 10 minutes and thrown out of the game. But obviously it's mm-hmm. game management by the officials, and beggars can't be choosers at that point. There already been a major penalty called on Bennington at the Wild. I think we're still in process of, but... You know, I just think you see a lot of that maturity, too, and these guys, you know, this is the team I think Bill Guerin has wanted to build since he got here. I mean, you look at so many of these guys. I mean, Ryan Hartman, Drew Eriksenek, Matt Boldy, Oscar Sundquist, Mason Shaw, Ryan Reeves, you know, all these guys, they're just kind of these power forward. They're going to hit you, piss you the hell off, but they have skill. Um, really hard to play against. They get under team skin, and I think we saw where, you know, that can be effective in a game like last night. But, you know, I think other things under the radar, Sam Steele played another really nice game, I thought, last night. Finishes, Justin, as you mentioned, had a couple assists, including on the Sunquist goal. Um, 0.89 individual expected goals on his own, 80% expected goals in that one. Keelan Addison draws back on the lineup. Him and John Merrill uh, finished the game with an 82% expected goal share um, at 5-on-5. Five five. You know, Merrill had some, you know, some really rough shifts early in that game, but as the game went on, got a lot better. John yeah. Klingberg gets his first goal. Like, just, you know, all these guys stepping up. You know, these guys have been out of the lineup now. I mean, this is we saw Steele this before where he was out of the lineup, came in, had a good game. Keelan Addison, both times he's been inserted, you know, coming off of being scratches, come in, played solid games. So, you know, I think it just shows the team mentality too. I mean, yeah, are these guys ticked off? Yeah, uh, but they come in, they make an impact. So, you know, it, it feels kind of like the team from last year a little bit too. It's just kind of fire wagon, high-scoring hockey. And, you know, maybe this is the way they have to play without Kaprizov. When he comes back, maybe you can – batting down the hatches a little bit again, sound things up defensively. But, you know, the mm-hmm. important thing is over these last three games, they've gotten points in three straight, 2-0-1 in that stretch. Um, but, yeah, you know, w- arguably the most entertaining game we've seen the Wild play this weekend or th- this year, um, last night, you know, Wednesday on in prime mm-hmm. time. So uh, we can briefly touch on the other games here. So 
We'll go back to the one before last night. Grab it here. A 5-4 overtime loss to the Arizona Coyotes. Um, unfortunately, you know, the Wild pretty much dominated this one start to finish in pretty much every metric except the score sheet or the, the final score. Philip Gustafson has a has a tough go in this one. Um, I think he gave up as many goals in that game as he'd given up in, like, the previous, like, seven or eight games combined or something insane like yeah. that. So a do-off night for him. You know, it can't, can't be perfect every time. No. But, um, you know, hopefully he shakes that one off. But, you know, in this one, again, the, the fourth line scored twice. Reeves picked up a goal and assist. Dewar, I think his first goal since, like, January or December. Mason Shaw has two assists. Matt Boldy gets on the score sheet again. Zuccarello scores. Um, Spurgeon, Middleton pick up some pick up some assists on the blue line. So, you know, I think they did all, you know, I think they played a pretty good game. It's just, you know, the goaltender in this one for once, you know, maybe been the for how many games the goaltending has been the reason they won. I think in this one, um, it's fair to maybe point a little bit of a finger at Gustafson. I think he would have told you the same thing. It wasn't, you know, his best effort. Um, but, you know, the Wild still managed to get a point out of it. I'm ultimately losing overtime, but, um, you know, I don't have too many other takeaways from this game. I didn't really think it was a bad game necessarily by the Wild. Just, you know, not no. one of their better games, you know, from their goaltenders. And those will happen. That'll happen every now and again. And, I mean, you know, obviously, you know, the Coyotes are still not good. But they have been, you know, recently playing a little better, being a bit of a more scrappy kind of spoiler team. Yeah, you know, I, especially at home at the rank. Yeah, I think so it's after not... that game, they were like 7-2-1 and one in their last 10. Yeah. So, it's not, yeah, it's not, uh, obviously, we you know, in any game the NHL is in a K-clock, but... Especially lately, obviously, you know, Clayton Keller there, who scored the overtime winner, has been really, really good this year. Yeah, I believe second uh, most it, points in the league since the All-Star break behind McDavid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Jeez. it's, uh, yeah, no, so he's he's obviously, he's probably the best player on their team by far. So, yeah, it was frustrating, obviously, to blow a two-goal lead on the road like that when you're pretty in control. But, you know, like you said, I, I know a lot of people, too, were, you know, saying, oh, they thought they didn't defend very well. And, you know, I think what Everson said is, you know, kind of how I see it that, you know, they were overall pretty solid, but, you know, there was maybe just one or two mistakes that, you know, just happened to uh, go in the back of the net at the time they did. And, you know, yeah. but like you said, they got the point. So mm-hmm. that's. Yeah. Per natural stat trick, the Wild allowed just five high danger chances the whole game. I think only three of those ended up on net. And I think <laughs> mm-hmm. two of those three ended up in the back of the net. So, and Zeke, I think yeah. as, as to your point too, I think it was both on, you know, plays that seemed like they were a bad defensive play, but that's not going to happen you know, 90, probably 95% of the time, a team isn't going to capitalize on every single mistake that you make. Um, mm-hmm. That's where your goalie is going to cope with a big save, and they just didn't get that in Arizona. Yeah, I, I don't really have much to add uh, to that. Hayton, <clears throat> Barrett Hayton and Clayton Keller both played really well. Um, I feel like this is one of those games that I was, you know, I, I usually don't get too frustrated watching them, but this was one game that I got pretty frustrated. Uh, you kind of knew that Arizona could do this because they've kind of played this way all year, even though they stink, like you mentioned, uh, Zeke. Uh, they, they still beat teams here and there because, I mean, mm-hmm. uh, who knows why. <laughs> they have some – I mean, Keller is a big reason why. But um, didn't we get a goal called back to in this one? Uh, Was it this game, or am I mixing up games? I, remember. Uh, I believe I think they I'm... challenged one and didn't – I believe they challenged a goal against and didn't get it. Was that, was that, uh, yeah, I'm trying to remember. I don't remember for sure. Uh, anyways, I'm getting games game, mixed up yeah. in my head. <laughs> right. kind of <laughs> uh, anyway, it was frustrating to lose them, but uh, like you guys said, it was still good to get the, the point and at that point continue on to 13 games with a, 13 yeah. straight games with a point at least, so. Sure. Can't complain too much. Yep. And then prior to that, the Wild got another great goaltending performance from Marc Andre Fleury against the Sharks. They take them down five to two, or outshot, out attempted, out high danger, chanced in this one uh, by pretty significant margins across the board. But ultimately, the ones that come out on top on the scoreboard, a five to two win. Goals in this one from Zuccarello, Boldy, uh, Marcus Johansson, Jared Spurgeon. Um, also finding the back of the net in this one. Um, again, just another solid game all around. I think it was really nice to see, you know, in this game and then the Arizona game in the absence of Kuro Kaprizov, I think you saw Matt Zuccarello, Matt Boldy both step up. They both score in each of those games. They both pick up assists, you know, picking up some of that slack. And then, you know, in this one, we saw the third line chip in with a Freddie Goudreau goal. Um, you know, John Klingberg picks up a multi-assist game in this one as well. Flurry again, phenomenal in this one. Um, four expected goals against, only gives up two stops. 30, 
four of 36 shots. So, hmm. you know, again, not necessarily the probably the best game, especially that first period and a good chunk of that second were a little rough. And then um, once they were able to kind of pop a couple goals and they lock things down much better late in the second and then throughout the whole third period to kind of lock that game up, get the win. Um, but great for the Wild to go out, beat a team that they should beat, extend that point streak at the time, which would, I think, been to 12 games. Um, but, yeah, just another good performance in that one as well to get the win. Yeah, I mean, thanks to, uh, you know, right after the uh, Svechnikov took that penalty oh, yeah, to, uh, you know, basically, wasn't that, was that after the they got the delay game call to when they scored to make it 3-2, I think? Or was that, this, I don't know, I'm mixing it up, but I remember he was the guy that, because he got sat on the bench the rest of the game because he kind yep. of changed the, the momentum so that you know i think like felino said they just kind of that kind of woke them up and jolted on ready and got them back into the game and from that point on they you know pretty much pretty much shut them down aside from obviously their uh, san jose's power play goal there in the third uh you know which was probably that was probably the biggest event or story out of that game was their their second goal which is just a continuation of the uh the goal interference saga how there's no real rule as to one night you can not even touch the goalie and it counts or doesn't count. And one night you can bulldoze him over. It doesn't count, but you know, it ended up doing it. It did not end up mattering. Thank God. Cause uh, would have been a lot more salty about it on the podcast today. If it mattered. So. Yeah. It, it seems like um, as time progressed, Flurry's getting closer and closer to a fight here, getting uh, yeah. slashed in San Jose and then going at Bennington, St. Louis, maybe the, uh, the next game against St. Louis in April, he actually fights. But no, um, didn't Reimer come out of the net? He came like halfway down. I like, think so. I, <laughs> it's kind of like, <laughs> but no, at, at the at this point when we won, it was Flurry's uh, fifth straight road win. Um, it seems like uh, maybe they should play Flurry on the road and Gustafson at home because Gustafson is stellar at home and Flurry's good on the road. Yeah, so maybe you're on uh, maybe they found their sweet spot <laughs> with that. Uh, no, another fun game to watch. I mean, even though. Carlson broke the San Jose points record for a defenseman. Um, the goalies, I mean, Gus uh, Flurry still played really well, and and uh, just another great effort in getting goals from um, five different guys again. So, um, yeah, that was first game, full game without Kaprizov. It was it was good to see five different guys get a goal and pick up this team and 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 continue to to win and get points here. So. Yeah, and the other probably significant thing that came out of the Arizona game we forgot to mention, Mar- uh, Marcus Foligno is injured in that game. I think originally thought it was ankle, um, but I believe from what I've been able to do, so it was actually came from that um, play. I think it was in the second period when he took a skate seemingly toward the, kind of the inside of the groin. Um, I think he got – my assumption is he probably got cut, got some stitches, or probably sledding that heel. Um, he was seen the next day going down water slides and stuff. So obviously something too serious, didn't play last night, but probably is giving him – you know, some maintenance days, they have some healthy bodies they can rotate in there, so letting him get back to full strength. But mm-hmm. thankfully not a severe injury to Marcus Foligno. Um, Jonas Brodeen, I believe, has been skating with the team. It sounds like he could be nearing a return, which is excellent news. And then, of course, yeah. Jake Middleton missed last night, got sick in the afternoon. It's not an injury there, hoping that we'll see him back for what should be a huge game coming up on Saturday against the President Trophy seemingly sure favorites in the Boston Bruins, who... I don't think they've been playing quite as well as as of late, but still, you know, by far and away have been the best team in the league all year. Um, Wild haven't seen them since I think it was game like four or five of the season when they took the Bruins to overtime. Um, And that game was kind of seemingly kind of reset their defense. And ever since that game, they've, you know, we saw them kind of turn into that stout defensive team since playing the Bruins. So should be a good test. Now, obviously without Kaprizov, that's probably going to be a tough one to win. But, you know, if they can keep getting contributions from, now, we've seen so much in these last three games, you know, of, of the third line, fourth line guys stepping up. We're seeing Boldy Zuccarello step up. You know, I think if you look back to, I think, these last three games, they have, I think, three or four goals from defensemen, which I don't know the exact mm-hmm. stat, but the Wild have to be probably bottom chunk of the league in goals from defensemen this year. So, um, injuries still there, but, you know, as we mentioned, guys stepping up, filling those holes, and, you know, they're not going to get to them. It's been a next-man-up mentality, and they seem to be embracing that, which has been just really nice to see as well. Right, and I'd like to add, too, <clears throat> that, uh, excuse me, i clear my throat, uh, Nyquist has been skating, too, it looks like. I think they put something up mm-hmm. last night showing him skating, uh, which is a good sign. And then, uh, like you said, Boston will be hard to beat, but they did just get beat by Chicago. So uh, even without Kaprizov, uh, 
any team's beatable any given day. So it's uh, still be a tough test because they're mm-hmm. obviously the best team in the NHL right now. And, Back at uh, home, I, I do wonder who ends up getting the net. You know, Gustafson's last mm-hmm. start wasn't his best. Gave up five. Fleury did give up five last night. Fleury's won six in a row. Do you, you know? Do you pit up? You know, who have been statistically two of the best goalies in the league and Allmark Gustafson against each other? Do you maybe try to ride some momentum off? You know, was probably a pretty emotional game for Fleury for you know mm-hmm. mostly the right reasons. Uh, that'll be yet, yet to be seen. But you know, I think well, the, while, I will... the while they're at the point now where I don't think they can make a wrong choice who they start given how both have played over the last month. And I will, I think he was a flurry earlier in Boston this year when they played them. I think that might've been maybe one of his first really good games Mm -hmm. where he kind of, I think he made like 40 something saves. I mean, they lost in overtime. So maybe that's uh, maybe that, I mean, obviously it was a long time ago, but maybe that plays part of it too. But I mean, I don't think it, like you said, Brett, I don't think particularly matters. They just need to uh, obviously get back to probably playing how they had, the, you know, even the previous three games where they, only scored five goals and just really lock it down defensively. Uh, you know, absolutely, you know, definitely got to not be in the box five times like they were last night against St. Louis. Cause that's, you know, it's not going to go well with Pasternak and those guys whipping one timers from the left circle. So just going to have to, you know, get back to that. Uh, not that they haven't been playing discipline, but really just be disciplined and lock it down. And, you know, obviously it's, it's a short margin of error, so it can't be making too many uh, silly mistakes or anything like that. For sure. Justin, anything else to uh, to add there? No, I mean, it's a back-to-back Saturday, Sunday, so I, I guess you can't really make a wrong choice. It'd be cool to see Allmark and Gustafson go and then Flurry play against Washington. But, uh, yeah, like you said, not really a, a bad choice right now with both of them playing well. Yeah. I mean, other than the last couple of games. But goalies are going to have bad games here and there too. <laughs> yeah, without a doubt. Um, yeah, let's talk a little bit here – um, about the penalty kill, which has seemingly regressed a little bit uh, over this last stretch here. So, you know, hasn't been the Wilds' best effort. You know, they were on this streak of, I don't know what it ended up being, but I think it was something of like 29 out of 30 straight um, kills. And then these last couple of games that seemingly has kind of, you know, blown up in their face. Um, now in the last three games, they've allowed six um, pe- uh, power play goals against. And I think they or one of four last night, 0 for one against the Yotes, and I think oh, uh, one for three against the Sharks. So um, if my math is correct, that's just two of the last 10, or no? Two of the last eight? Uh, yeah. I think uh, kills. So um, not, you know, the most ideal situation for the kill. Um, you know, Losing, you know, I think not having Jake Middleton last night was a, you know, probably a pretty big piece of that. He's been one of their best killers. Um, obviously, Brodine gets a lot of time on the kill. Um, but, you know, is it something that concerns you guys? Is it more just, you know, the goaltenders had a couple off games that we know about? Um, or, you know, is, is it a cause for concern for you guys? What do you think there about the penalty kill? Personally, I'm not concerned. I just feel like it's <clears throat> kind of par for the course with the stretch we're on right now where, uh, we're playing good offensively and then maybe not as tight defensively, not as tight penalty kill. Uh, we're picking it up on the power play. So uh, I feel like the coaches always do a good job of reining them in and getting them back to a defensive game. So I think it'll come back. I mean, yeah, it was frustrating to see their St. Louis score on their first three power plays on three shots last night. But uh, Oh, and I didn't I, know I'm, I'm the, the Wild had a shorthanded goal last night, apparently. Uh, Did they? Was that uh... – let me look. Yeah, Hartman's. <laughs> Hartman's oh, was shorthanded. I have no <laughs> idea that Hartman's was shorthanded. Yeah. Huh. I mean, look yeah, at the penalty know. kill last night. They had, um, uh, let's see, they, they had four shots on goal. Um, <laughs> the Blues power play had five. Uh, the Wild scored once. Blues scored three times. The Wild had three scoring chances on the kill. Like, they had a, their expected goals percentage for the penalty kill was 48% last night which is like usually that's like single digits so you know that they were they had some chances they obviously got the goal from Hartman which I didn't realize was a was a shorthanded goal but um thinking back of why my plus minus was wonky doing um cards last night that makes a lot of sense and why his score was a little bit higher too because I think I give a pretty significant boost to shorthanded goals um so that makes sense now that I think about it but yeah I think you know you look at what they did last night they gave up three but I think you know 
one of those, you know, Flurry probably sitting a little bit too far back in his crease, um, you know, misses another one. You know, I, I don't think it, it was stuff that, you know, I don't think is a sign of bad, you know, system wise, just maybe more of a bad luck, mm-hmm. a bad bounce type of thing. I think one of them goes off of like John Merrill's ankle or something as well. Like yeah. stuff like that's yeah, not going to happen every time. So right. I don't think and, I mean, they have. Go ahead, yeah. Zeke. Well, I just mean, they've been much better this year than they were last year. So it's not, you know, I mean, at least I feel like weren't they were pretty bad last year. Uh, so, it, yeah, I, I agree. I don't think it's it, – it just happens. Evan flows like pretty much everything else. So, Yeah, is there anything else, you know, from these last couple games or any pressing topics among the wild mm-hmm. that you guys want to hit on here that we haven't hit on so far? I mean, it felt like, you know – the, the common themes on the past had been Gus system's been great. Kaprizov scored a couple times while got some wins. And now it's the team scored a bunch, goaltending, faltered a little bit, penalty kill sucked, power play picked it up a little bit again. But, you know, aside from those things, is there anything you guys kind of want to hit on here? Um, I didn't really, you know, we didn't come into the show with a, with a huge game plan, but uh, kind of mm-hmm. flying by the seat of our pants. But sometimes those end up being our best shows. So, um, not really anything to add. I just, I, I guess the one thing that I, I do want to say is uh, this team just, keeps finding ways to win even if like you mentioned one part of their game falters another one picks it up it's just um a little bit different team than last year but the same um will to win and find ways to win and you know we don't have like uh fiala or whatever big time scores but uh we're still finding ways to win and still a good team and and just it's it's good to see it seemed like they're stronger mentally this year than last year where they're not like they're Last year they're getting behind and having to come back, and I know we said this on a couple shows back, but this year it seems like they're not doing that as much. They're they're mentally stronger. It seems like. Yeah, no, that's a, it's I definitely agree too. And I mean, you know, it is pretty amazing. You know, the other thing that when you look at the standings, that they're only a point behind Dallas here for the division lead, and obviously Colorado right behind him. But you know, obviously that's you know that's not your main goal. You want to get in the playoffs, but. You know, I would think at at this point it's pretty amazing with all the seemingly struggles, I guess, you know, of scoring, of being consistent that, you know, they're still managing to be, you know, one of the best teams in their division, even just point-wise. And, uh, you know, it's pretty pretty exciting to think that, you know, they could have a chance to, you know, grab home ice here or grab one of the top two seeds in the Western Conference if they can keep it up here and, you know, really give themselves a good position in that first round to uh, – to, you know, preferably avoid Colorado uh, for as long as possible and not finish in that two or three race. So, I mean, it, it'll be exciting either way, but it's, uh, it, it, you know, it's, it's cool that these games are going to, you know, they all are going to mean something and that they really have a chance to, you know, gain in this race and put themselves in a great spot with, you know, how well they've played over here this last month, month and a half or so. Yeah, it's crazy. You know, you look back maybe a month ago and it was, all right, should this team, you know, should be selling assets? Are we okay yeah. with maybe, yeah, mm-hmm. you, you squeak in as a wild card team and now we're here sitting, you know, a month later going, yeah, this team is, you know, rattled off points in 14 straight, um, you know, three of those without our best player. Um, you know, our goaltending's figured it out. You know, they've made, you know, some significant trade line act, you know, trade deadline acquisitions. Um mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden, you know, they have a chance to potentially, you know, not only are they pretty secure in a playoff spot, but Zeke, as you mentioned, you know, a chance to maybe win the division on top of that, you know, for what, have they ever won the conference before in the regular season? I don't know uh, that they have. I don't believe so, no. No, no. no. I think it's, they've only won the so. division once, yeah, I think, I think right. 07-08, and that was the Northwest mm-hmm. division when they were with vancouver and i don't even remember who else is in that yeah. division colorado colorado vancouver it was calgary, edmonton. calgary yeah yep. yeah yeah so Canadian I mean, teams. yeah i mean i think there's been i think it gets lost because i think so many people remember how fun this team was to watch last year and it felt like they were electric mm-hmm. and you know they're arguably in a better spot right now than they were at this time last year um and, you know, I went from being, you know, skeptical about, you know, could this team win a playoff series? And I think we talked about this either last week or the week before about how we feel like this team is potentially better suited for the playoffs than this, the team last year. If they play the way they did last couple games, maybe not mm-hmm. so much, but just that that grinding physical, you know, we'll, we'll come at you with four lines, hit you to death, get under your skin. 
we'll win a game 2-1, 3-1, right? We don't have to win 8-5 to or 5-2 to or whatever that they have been doing. Um, but I think also to a point one of you made recently here too, the fact that they've shown, you know, that they can win in other ways now too, right? I think, you know, there was, you know, when this Kaprizov injury happened, there was a little bit of like, all right, could this be where the fall off starts? You know, can they get scoring from elsewhere? It hasn't come lately. And mm-hmm. this team has shown, you know, hey, maybe at the cost of a little bit of our defense, we'll take a couple more chances, you know, maybe D or pinching, jumping the play, where, you know, maybe letting our forwards do some things, try some things we you know, typically wouldn't encourage. But I think showing that versatility you can win in multiple ways has been a huge piece of this three of this, you know, this three game stretch where they've grabbed five out of the six points as well. Yeah, it seems to be the <clears throat> theme of the season because you, you, the season starts off. Uh, our goaltenders are playing like junk and we're giving up like 500 goals in the first three games. Um, then the goalies become really good. Uh, like you mentioned, we lose Kaprizov and wonder how that's going to go. We're sitting at the deadline. I know I'm just reiterating, but just we're sitting at the all-star break. Like, are we actually going to make the playoffs? It just seems to be. <laughs> Even like after those first start... five games, we're like, do yeah. we go trade for a goalie? You're right. And now it's they like, have, you know, one of the best yeah. probably one-two punches in the league over the last two months. It seems like as soon as we start to question something, it, it just they find a way to, to right, pick so it up. What do we need it. to question to fix? <laughs> <laughs> that uh, darn penalty kill lately. <laughs> no. yeah. Well, I mean, right now they just need to get the, you know, get the guys healthy and back like we're in pre-solve. Yeah. This is probably the problem to fix right now. But, you know, I, I think it'll be sorry to see. Oh, but I, I think it's going to be really interesting when Nyquist comes back, like with yeah. how well they're playing and, and Kaprizov comes back. Uh, I mean, it's a good problem to have, but mm-hmm. what's it going to look like? I mean, that's just another piece to add. He's, I mean, he's quick. He's got skill. It's, it's going to make him that much better. Hopefully you never know how chemistry is going to be, especially since he hasn't played with them yet and, and might not till the playoffs, but yeah. it makes you wonder how things are going to go once he's in the lineup too. Yeah, I mean, when we, we talked about this in previous shows. I mean, th- this team, when healthy, is going to have 15 forwards. Um, and I think, you know, at the time, it seemed like Sam Steele was an obvious scratch. And I think he probably still is easily the first one to come out when one of these forwards comes back. But he's played well. And we talked about, you know, Mason Shaw has looked phenomenal lately. Ryan Reeves has played well lately. But the reality is probably two of, you know, the guys in the fourth line right now are probably the ones that come out. You know, whether that's Shaw, Dewar, or Reeves, I think Dewar's a little more secure being that he plays the middle and just the importance that he plays specifically on the penalty kill and that role he has there. But, yeah, I mean, to have an entire line of players, you'd be, you know, they aren't game breakers by any means, but three guys that you're comfortable, you know, playing. Um, and then beyond that, too, if you're going to have, you know, Kalen Addison, Alex Goligoski, and, um, you know, Brock Faber here within the next couple weeks as well you know, as your backups on defense, that that's not a bad problem to have and you know i think it creates competition and i think you know the other big piece of this is i think we wonder you know what you know when they get healthy you know is favor going to play all this stuff but the wild might have the luxury of hey take the night off you know hey let's you know pay mm-hmm. jared spurgeon have a seat tonight mm-hmm. keelan addison brock favor you know go go play a game and you know give these guys some rest make sure this team is really healthy going into the playoffs and stuff you know it might not have to be a you know Ultimately, that's going to come down to probably where they're sitting in terms of could they win the division, could they win the conference, and, you know, kind of balancing that decision of how important is that to us versus making sure we're healthy, you know, regardless of who our opponent is. But, yeah, I mean, I don't I don't follow the depth that other teams have. I know Toronto, I think, is nine deep on the blue line. Um, but I don't think there's too many teams in the league than the luxury of, of the wild position of having guys you feel confident putting in your lineup that can make an impact. You know, I think some teams are – one or two years away from maybe hitting a panic button. And that just doesn't seem to be the case for the wild, at least right now. No, it's certainly not. And I mean, it's uh, yeah, it's like you said, it's a great problem to have, uh, you know, to have that much flexibility to experiment here and, uh, you know, see what works and, uh, you know, hopefully make up. Cause like, I mean, that's what we said on the trade deadline show, rather than getting the, uh, you know, the big fish score, they kind of, in a way they, you know, bolstered their strengths you know playing the gritty fast two-way kind of playoff game like brett was talking about while also adding guys who you know have pinched pitched in a little bit more offensively and just added a tiny bit more depth that's uh really uh you know like i said 
punctuated their strengths and you know made them that much deeper and better so it's uh, it's exciting to think about you know all the like i said all the different combinations and lines and stuff that they could go with and matchups depending on game opponent all that they got lots of different options in the toolbox to go with here the rest of the year so it'll be a, should be good yeah well they have seven total games with one both or one two or three of those trade ac- acquisitions in the lineup and i think in that stretch i'm trying to pull up my tweet here but my internet is being slow but i think they have i think three goals from that group and another i th- want to say it's here we go uh yeah three goals and that would be eight assists in eight games so 11 points basically in seven games from the trade deadline acquisitions for a team that was starved from scoring and you know i think that's you know more of a benefit than anything you know a, a nice addition because you know i don't i don't think oscar sunquist was brought in here to to put up points right it was you know, to fill that greenway third line maybe fourth line checking role obviously klingberg brought in to bring offense and he's done that mm-hmm. um he's up to now four points in six games um you know the power play seemingly becoming more comfortable with you know with, with him on that on the blue line you know the underlying numbers there it's about what I expected, and we've seen the peaks and valleys from him. Like, oh my gosh, like, what game was that where he picked up the two assists? Was it the Arizona game, I think, um, where Klingberg had the two assists. Like leading up to that, he had like three just egregious turnovers that were like leading to odd man rushes. And like, oh my gosh, Klingberg looks terrible, and all of a sudden he picks up like two primary assists. It's like, okay, yeah, this is the John, this is the John yep. Klingberg experience. And I, you know, I think the Wild knew that's what they were getting into, right? Is it? Hey, you know, th- this injection of offense might come at the expense of some of our defense, but we have so much faith in, you know, the Spurgeon-Middleton pairing, potentially the Brodine-Dumba pairing, they come back that we can afford maybe to have a mistake like that every now and again. So, yeah, I mean, again, you know, the, the price Garen paid, not a lot. You know, we talked about didn't give up, a you know, a t- arguably a top 20 prospect, a first or a second round pick, and has brought in guys who now are, you know, over basically a point and a half a game between the three of them combined since, since arriving. I mean, that's that's about all you can ask for. So mm-hmm. um, and all of them have you know, been healthy so far. I mean, we've seen some key acquisitions already. Ryan O'Reilly, I think, got hurt. Um, Penguins got someone that just got hurt too. Um, uh, Benino, right? Yeah, Benino. Um, and I think those are, like, significant, like, longish-term injuries. And mm-hmm. you know, that, that's the way it goes, but... Um, yeah, I mean, I think we all had our hesitancy. I think especially about Marcus Johansson, who is a total different player than what we saw mm-hmm. here a couple years ago. Yeah. I mean, the speed he brings and the way he's just helped, you know, I, again, I think we talked about this in previous shows, the way he has just stepped in and, um, you know, brought speed to that line, helped on those zone entries. And, you know, maybe it's not necessarily creating the offense, but it's getting Boldy and Eck into the offensive zone where they can, you know, start to be creative, forecheck, get those chances and occasionally, you know, get a chance off the rush. And, you know, Mm -hmm. it's just those, those little details, I think that were so easy for us to dismiss at first. And that's why we run a fan run podcast and aren't running the team. But, uh, (laughs) even um, though they listen to us and make moves according to our opinions. Exactly. So, um, but you know, this team, you know, still without, you know, they found a way to win against a division rival in a building. They historically struggling without, you know, a, a top pairing defenseman, their, their best forward, one of their assistant captains and most, you know, pain in the ass players to play against and another one of their energy bottom six guys and still found a way to come out and win that game too. And um, yeah, you know, just, it's just been really great to see, you know, what this team's been able to do. And um, I, you know, I probably won't be able to watch the game Saturday. I'm going to be, I'm going to be skiing um, on Saturday, but, you know, hoping that when I do be able to peek at my phone, I'm at least seeing, you know, a competitive game against, you know, obviously probably mm-hmm. right now the Stanley cup favorite, but, um, you know, anything could happen in the playoffs, but should be, you know, I don't even, I don't know if the wild necessarily need a measuring stick game per se at this point, but you know, if they can extend, you know, the points week to 15 against, you know, a, a pretty stout Bruins team, um, you know, that'd be a nice, nice thing to hang their hat on and probably to continue to accelerate the momentum and chemistry that seems to be building in that locker room. No doubt. All right. Well, we're, about at our time here, any uh, any final thoughts from either of you guys? High school hockey, college hockey, wild hockey, PHF hockey, anything you guys want to hit on here before we uh, before we call it an evening? No, I, I just I want to bring up. Uh, I don't know what it's going to be, but the wild they're visiting my son's school tomorrow, and 
he's been asked to wear a jersey, so I'm kind of curious what uh, what that'll entail. But uh, I, I think it's really cool that um, they go around and do this to different schools, not just like the big ticket schools. It's it's everyone, and um, just really excited to see what what they what they bring to this and how they do this assembly. It's just really cool to someone that's just learning, really beginning his hockey. For sure, Zeke. Yeah, no, not much, uh, not much different. Just you know, like echo what you know we've been saying pretty much every week now, and what you mentioned earlier, Brett. That it's a great time of year to be a hockey fan. Lots of stuff going on. Obviously, season's winding down, but getting right into the best time of the year, especially in the NHL with the playoffs here in about a month. So, it'll be a lot of great hockey. Should be a lot of fun, especially with how the Wild are playing. So, uh, just uh, you know, just all enjoy it, and uh, you know, hopefully, we can. Uh, have some fun here the next couple months and go play into the summer a little bit uh, more than we're used to. It'll be great. Yeah, definitely. And I can't remember where the interview was or who did it, but Justin, speaking to your point about just, you know, how cool it's been to see the wild be engaged, you know, whether it was the Twitter account, you know, a couple of years ago or, you know, the players going out and doing these things, you know, I think, you know, a huge trend we've seen is how much more interactive the players have been during warmups um, mm-hmm. since Garen kind of mm-hmm. took over and, um, he was on a podcast doing some sort of video with somebody and, and someone asked him that question and Garen just made the point of, you know, I just, he like, you know, do, do you get mad when a player, you know, hands a stick off to a, you know, hands, hands a stick off to a fan because you know, those are three, $400 sticks, right? And he goes, no, yeah. because that's probably, you know, a fan that we've just created for a lifetime and that's, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. thousands. And th- so, you know, granted, it, it, is it a money play for sure? But he's, in, you know, he's not saying, you know, he's not crunching the numbers for this year. He's saying, no, you know, hey, that's an expense we're willing to deal with now because, you know, that we're creating fans for life. We're engaging with our fans. We're creating, you know, we know how we know as Minnesota hockey fans our whole lives, you know, how passionate this fan base is. But, you know, if you think about, you know, if there's a kid, it's his first wild game or, you know, how many kids at this assembly tomorrow, you know, have maybe never watched a wild game in their yeah, life. And yeah. all of a sudden, oh, oh, my goodness, ex wild players at my school. I want to right. watch him, you know, on Saturday, you know, that the impact those kinds of things right. can do. Um, and then maybe people are interested in playing hockey and exactly. then you build your youth yeah. programs and yep. just snowball effect. Yeah. And I think, you know, Adumba a couple of weeks ago, I think had his like, um, I can't remember the name of the event, but basically had a, an event where people come out and like try hockey and skate with a bunch of like wild players. I think there was a bunch of Minnesota Whitecaps players out there, you know, giving mm-hmm. an opportunity for kids to play hockey. And, you know, the fact that guys do that stuff, show up to it, take it seriously, just so cool. And I think, you know, it just speaks to, the culture in the locker room and you know we talked about next man up but you know this just really seems like a team that you know no matter what is playing for each other and you know if they're not in the lineup they're gonna bust their ass as much as they can in practice to get in the lineup and if you know they're the ones in the press box they're still gonna be cheering them on and ready to go when their opportunity comes and it's just it's not something we've seen a lot in the past you know you look at the old regime the you know the prezi suitor regime you know suitor we deferred you know wine when he wasn't getting top power play time and all this stuff and you know jared spurgeon you know a captain this team uh damn good player in his own right demoted demoted you know off that first power player from last year and we haven't heard a peep about it and he's having arguably one of the best seasons he's ever played you know i think that just you know there's a reason that guy has a c on his chest and i think it's just little things like that that can't be overlooked and you know i can't count how many times he knows in his you know where the wild is and they come back or we're in a funk and he says yep spurgey was you know walking up and down the bench calming guys down you know gave a little pep talk mm-hmm. in the in, you know, in the locker room. And I think, you know, there was some skepticism when Spurgeon was given this. He's like, is he vocal enough and all this stuff? And I think, you know, this year has proved, you know, Everson, we've heard from Everson directly that, you know, Spurgeon's been, been plenty vocal and, you know, kept these guys under wraps. So um, j- just good stuff. You know, I love hearing that as a fan. And, yeah, really cool that you're – that Miko will have the opportunity to see some yeah. sort of wild player, right. you know, at his school tomorrow. That'll definitely be pretty cool. So got to keep us updated on, on who that is. Yeah, for sure. sure. Awesome. Well, uh, that'll about do it for us. So, Justin, why don't you uh, remind everyone where they can find you and all of your work? You can find me at DEs2004. You can find me at Kaprizov. See with the Kaprizov countdown. You can find me at MNW Prospects with MNW Young Guns. So I'm going to plug a page I do with a couple of my high, uh, best friends. It's at Pipeline UMD with UMD Bulldogs Pipeline. We just cover incoming Bulldogs uh, players. Zeke. Yeah, no, as usual, you can find me on Twitter at Zeke Boyat, capital Z and capital B. And if you want to connect with me at all, that's where you'll be able to do that. And as always, you can find me on Twitter at B underscore Marsh 92. Be sure you are following the podcast account as well, both on Twitter 
and Instagram. A huge tilt for the Wild on Saturday in the first of a back-to-back. They faced the Bruins, a 1 o'clock matinee there, and then Sunday they're right back at it against another strong team in the Washington Capitals, and then a road game on Tuesday against the New Jersey Devils. So three challenging games, an Eastern Conference stretch here, four of the next five against the Eastern Conference. We will likely be back with you Wednesday night next week. But until then, this has been another episode of Sound the Fire.